Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Tawn. And this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It, where we watch shows we love and then rip them apart. Finale day! I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we're doing this. I can't believe we survived. We survived and crazy season. so many unanswered questions. Yeah, I mean, they left a lot of things up in the air. And I was actually kind of surprised that we wrapped up on the Mothman, Starkweather, Polly murder so Yeah, I feel like it came and went, and then now it's like... Yeah, I thought there would be more fallout from it, I Mm -hmm. guess. And and then we're just... Nope, it was kind of like, okay, it's over. Yeah, and, and honestly, good, because we had a lot of other things going on in the finale that some like were new things and some were really old things that we're recycling for about the millionth time and quick and which we'll get into but like the really quick tbk yes i really i can't wait to talk about that that bothered me a lot but anyway yeah before we get there that's why we have this podcast (laughs) so to get us started here's our 60 second summary It's finally time to wrap up season five. Betty has somehow graduated from the FBI Academy despite repeatedly getting into trouble for impersonating an FBI agent. She's tasked with reopening the Riverdale FBI branch, which sounds absurd until you think about how many people get murdered in this town on the reg. Betty also receives a cryptic phone call from the TBK, so we're definitely not done with that yet. No one on Wall Street will hire Veronica after the whole murdering Chad incident, so she and Reggie decide to open a casino together in Riverdale. But before she can focus on a new business venture, she has to deal with Hiram, who is caught paying a ghoulie to torch pops and lots of other terrible things. Tony and Fangs want serpent justice, but instead Hiram gets an official Riverdale escort to the city limits and is simply told to leave and never come back. Honestly, they did him a favor because shit's about to get crazy. Nana Rose tells Cheryl about their ancestor, Abigail Blossom, who was burned at the stake by the townspeople for probably being a lesbian also because they wanted her palladium. Because these people are distantly related to Archie, Jughead, and Betty, Cheryl demands an apology from them, and when they refuse, she puts a curse on the whole town because that's a totally reasonable reaction. Oh, also, Hiram plants a bomb under Archie's bed, which definitely ruined the mood for the Barchie reunion. Say what you like about Hiram, but the man knows how to make an exit. Do you want to start talking about Betty? Is that where we want to begin? Um, how would I start though? Well, we can start by saying that Betty has graduated from FBI Academy, okay, yeah, which is completely wild to me because it was not my impression that she was doing well there. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. No, she got reprimanded several times for impersonating an FBI agent. She and- got her badge taken away. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like not too many episodes ago. So yeah, <laughs> I don't I like she was it redemption like for solving this case? that they like fast tracked her to graduation but even if we go back to the very beginning of the season she was in therapy from being they, kidnapped right, they 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 held her back yeah from from the get-go they were like "Ooh, betty like you need to solve some issues before we can allow you to we're gonna put you on gold case yeah exactly like we're putting you in the basement working on this shit nobody really cares about and then she just she abandoned the fbi academy to teach at riverdale which that she also didn't do she's sti- well or technically still has <laughs> she's to do probably teacher of the year for doing that because it, that's how we reward our achievements in Riverdale. All I know is she sits down next to Archie at the White Worm for a beer and she's like I'm gonna credit I don't know he was even surprised he had a look on his face like oh okay oh, good for you my life isn't the only weird thing happening right now i appreciated that she was like oh wow i guess i'm not the only one day drinking today <laughs> it's like ah yes uh another good that's sign. how you know they're true yeah, adults now. another good sign of stability <laughs> so yeah um i guess congrats to betty and that was the surprise you sent me that screenshot on Instagram where it looked like there were like yes there was wooden bo- the, there was, but <laughs> yeah. the the best part was that it was like this surprise this crazy surprise and we're like what the hell I was scared I was terrified 
But the best part was that you said jail, and I'm like, I don't think jail would have wooden (laughs) bars. And then when I looked at it really quick, too, I'm like, it kind of looks like like a baby's- A bassinet. Bassinet. (laughs) I'm like, are they in a huge baby bassinet? What's (laughs) happening? Yeah, um, I was perplexed by that as well. And what ended up happening was Betty's surprise graduation party. So all of my worries and, and fears were just like, oh, okay. I did love the cake. Yes, that, that was, was an hilarious. amazing cake. I didn't like the segue into the cake. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that felt very forced. Yeah. Alice said, uh, you know, this takes the cake. Speaking of oh, cake. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. it yeah, was not it was bad. But I mean, it's nice to know that no one's leaving Riverdale anytime soon. Is basically yeah, that, that was the, the theme. theme of the episode. The theme of the episode. And even the people who were saying that they were getting out. Um, are not getting out. Although we don't know how Kevin is going to hang around, but I'm assuming he's going to hang around. I don't know. They made it seem like he was going bye-bye. We haven't heard anything. They're like, they haven't even announced that. They haven't, but. Is he returning? He's the only one with like a decent dream to get the fuck out. And he's the only one whose dream didn't get crushed in this finale, which would mean that he would have to stay. So, I mean, I personally, I'm assuming that Kevin's going to appear. Right. Like unless he's super dedicated to the fire department. Right. Yeah. That's the only thing he's really involved. I mean, he he was teacher of the year and he he, was he teaches like eight classes or something ridiculous. And I mean, his dad wanted him to be his deputy, which is uh, kind of ridiculous. I mean, I know that they don't have a lot of resources in Riverdale, but, you know, your son hasn't trained, isn't Is trained. anybody in town trained for anything? No, and, and, like, that's why I'm, like, I guess I hesitate to bring this up even as a thing, but it it's still kind of ridiculous, so I have to call it out. Okay. Like, you just can't make your child, like, you know, my mom's a nurse. She's not going to be like, hey, you want to be, like, a nurse in my true nephrology department? And I'd be like, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the other person who has plans to leave Riverdale is Veronica. She is trying to get back onto Wall Street. I can't where roll she my belongs. Eyes harder. Would you like to say specifically what made you want to roll your eyes? Oh, I don't know. The fact that she thought killing Chad wasn't gonna <laughs> affect anything in her life. And <laughs> she calls her buddy in New York to kind of get a head start back in Wall Street. And he's kind of like, um... You kind of killed your husband, so there's been talk. Like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, of course people are going to talk about you killing your husband. So they're calling her the Black Widow of Wall Street. You know, an upgrade from She-Wolf, I think. (laughs) I hate She-Wolf of Wall Street so much that Black Widow of Wall Street is actually kind of Can we just cut Wall Street (laughs) off of everything? Because I hate hearing Well, I think we will now because, you know, Veronica's realized that she has no prospects on Wall Street, which I have to say is not really fair. It's not fair because watching her run the um, Pearls and Posh, Pearls and Posh, I did like that episode with her energy. Yeah. Hustling like that. Like, I do think it's in like she's good at it. Yeah. So it kind of sucks that she's being denied this because she killed her husband. But <laughs> it's almost weird that they even went in that direction with her and Reggie to make it seem like they were going to be doing this together and have Reggie take the test to try and get certified as a stockbroker. Mm-hmm. He didn't pass his test, which leads to his other idea, which I'll get to in a second. But I, I just want to finish this thought. Yeah. You know, like, why even bother setting that up and then going in a different direction? Right. Like, sh- they had her break up with Archie. Right. Reggie was already participating in her business which was starting to thrive why 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 exactly why (laughs) (laughs) 
So Reggie's idea is now to open a casino, which gave me Ozark vibes, except like Ozark is a much better show. (laughs) So that's what I was thinking. And I was immediately pissed off by this because I was just like. Well, at least we won't have riverboats. We don't know that. It's Riverdale. They can have a riverboat. So that is an interesting idea. And then initially Veronica is like, nah, I'm going back to New York. Uh, You know, bye. And then after she gets rejected from everywhere, apparently, she's like, you know what? Maybe we should do this casino thing, which I don't mind Reggie and Veronica teaming up. I like that. I don't either. I wish they had chosen a better business venture because it sounds like they're intending to run a shady business. Always through this casino because Reggie said something about using the jewelry store as a front. And then Veronica's like, we may not even have to do that. And it's like, but also, we're talking about Riverdale, it has what, 51 people in it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, based on that town hall meeting, yeah, approximately 50 people. Oh, who's coming there for a casino? Right. Who Let's has the jewelry money? Store. Who has money and funding to actually gamble in this town? Yeah. And the people that they would probably bring in can't really afford to gamble, but maybe they have a gambling problem, you know, like <laughs> down on their luck people they're taking advantage of. So, yeah, doesn't doesn't make sense no, to me. It really doesn't. So are we supposed to think now that Veronica's kind of picking up where Hiram left off and is sort of trying to be the the shady biz queen in his absence. Is she filling that I don't think void? She, I don't think she's filling that void. I think it's gonna be one of her own. Like it's but you know, Apple doesn't fall far. You know, like I feel like they might be building to something where it's like Veronica's more like Hiram than she wants to admit kind of a situation. But we've been getting that for years. Right. But now that he's actually gone, this would be the opportunity to show that she is the new Hiram. Because we don't have the old Hiram. I feel like maybe there could be another Hiram. In who? That's what I'm thinking. I feel like... Oh, I okay. Had you it. didn't have a fully No, formed. I thought I had... Yeah, no. I thought I... Okay, we'll come, we can come back to it, but we should talk about why Hiram's gone. And this was weird. Uh, this was this was incredibly weird because Hiram has done so many terrible things over the years, and even in this season alone. And for some reason, now is the time that they decide that they have enough evidence to a arrest him and b convince him to leave town. Okay, but enough evidence. We're talking. He's committed so many crimes. They yeah. just so happen to have this one particular one on camera. Right. And let's say... And that's the one that's going to get him scared enough to leave town. Right. Like, I It didn't make that Yeah, this whole thing was... It felt rushed to me. Like, it felt like all of a sudden we needed to get rid of Hiram. It's almost as if Mark Consuelos did something bad and they had to write him off the show in a hurry. You know? (laughs) like never do anything bad. (laughs) No, and I I don't mean to spread rumors. No, 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 but I know what you mean. That's usually the the go-to thing is people that have done shitty things in real life. Right, scandalous things where they're they're trying to get rid of them. Have to quickly be written out somehow, and it's usually death. Yeah. But this was open-ended. It was. And I think, you know, they did announce that he's not going to be a series regular, but that does leave the door open for him to come back for a it guest, does. A guest but spot. they did they did write it in more of a like he's gone, like he left. And it's like right. oh, we that's kind of sad. It, it made me sad a little it bit. It made me sad because it didn't feel like enough. It wasn't a proper sense. No, it wasn't. And we didn't even really have time to process it. And so <laughs> The whole reason why we've narrowed our sights in on Hiram is because Pops gets torched by a ghoulie and 
it is very quickly determined that Hiram is behind it, paid the ghoulie to do it, and so they That was devastating. Go after Hiram. What? Oh, that pops being Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty sad. Um, although we shouldn't be too sad because the kitchens weren't destroyed, which is absolute bullshit. And they're still able to function and it's just gonna take They literally some still are able to sit in booths inside. Right. Yeah. And that just you know, the kitchen's the first thing to go. There's gas, there's propane, like there like that's where the explosion right that's where it's gonna gonna happen first but anyway you know poor archie and his fire crew couldn't get there because the tires were slashed but you know they changed those tires in record time and they were able to save most of the (laughs) restaurant so everything's fine but anyway they arrest hiram immediately which is very illegal and i'm (laughs) i made a comment to you that night but i also wrote it in my notes that they must love this because they probably wish in high school, they could have easily just done this, like oh, yeah. show up on Hiram and smacked the glass out of his hand, and right. then basically like smacked him up the side of the head. Didn't when he entered, I giggled because there was like smoke for some weird reason. He kicked that door in, like yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> and actually. there was like a puff of like debris, and it was it was the most dramatic entrance I've ever seen. But you know, it was satisfying. But they had no proof at that time tying him to the crime. Right, but I guess it's just history. Sure, but you can't arrest somebody right. on that. <laughs> but also, he's so corrupt that it's like he can't fight it at that point. Yeah, and this is exactly the same thing about, you know, Sheriff Keller asking Kevin to be his deputy and that, like, it would be ridiculous in a normal world, but in Riverdale, it's like, whatever. That's how this arrest was, because in a normal world, that could not have happened. And Hiram was like, oh, I'm going to get a lawyer and I'll be out by tonight. And that would have been true because they could not hold him without any proof. And they didn't have any at the time. But in Riverdale, whatever, they can do whatever the fuck they want. So while he's in custody, Veronica, Betty and Archie break into his apartment or office or whatever. And they find documentation stating that he incorporated the town of Sodale, even though it's not a town with the intent to annex Riverdale. So then he would own Cheryl's Palladium mines. So yep, that's yep, yep. criminal, apparently. That's that's the charge that they get him on first, which is hilarious considering how many people he's almost killed. Like they knew, Veronica knew that he put the bomb in the mines that almost killed Archie and Eric. Like why wasn't he prosecuted for that? Like they just let him go around doing his shenanigans all the time. And now they're like, now nah, we should probably arrest this dude. He's almost killed too many people. But we're going to get him on snuffing a dude in a nursing home. Right. <laughs> Somebody who is like inches from death anyway. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the best. Okay, so that's what happens. Reggie acquires the tapes of him doing so. And the town, and by the town, I mean them. The five people who run five, the town. Maybe 10 <laughs> tops. Yeah. All have guns in hand, except for Cheryl with her cross. Yeah. This makes me laugh because you look at it and it's like, am I watching the Avengers? I don't know. <laughs> Cheryl's Hawkeye. Any opportunity for you to make an, a Marvel reference? Only because on. they set it up for me. Yeah, sure. They, yeah. I, they give it to me and I have to run with it. I think you look at the world with Marvel colored glasses. I kind of do. I kind <laughs> of do. Because they literally, Cheryl looked like Hawkeye and I was just sitting there like, this is normal. Can you not do this to me because it's too easy? But yeah, so they're all like, well, not them. They all stay silent with their guns and weapons in hand. And Veronica spits off daddies mm. left and right mm-hmm. for at least six minutes. Yeah. And I wanted to barf. And she's basically like, listen, we have proof that's going to get you complete. We show the authorities or you leave now. Like, you're out of here. 
And it's funny because then he's like Reggie and he's like, yep, I, yep, I did it. I, I <laughs> it was you. me. I did it. <laughs> like no hesitation whatsoever. It was actually a pretty copping. Like that was pretty funny. Yeah. And then it's supposed to be like, oh, Hiram's gone. Like that's the threat. Like you really think he's going to go down that easily? Exactly. And that's what's so asinine about this whole plan and why Tony and Fangs, when they sat down with Archie and Veronica, were like, let us handle this because we want serpent justice. And for the record, they want serpent justice because Pops sits above the white white worm. worm. And so their business was threatened by this ghoulie who torched Pops. So they want serpent justice, which in my mind means we need to kill this motherfucker. And I really wish they had. But Veronica convinces them, no, like, we'll take care of it. Tony even says, I don't think you have the balls, basically, to do what needs to be done. She's like, oh, no, we totally do. And then she and Archie go and they sit in his truck for like 10 minutes talking about how, oh, what if Hiram just disappeared and... You know, no one would go looking for him. And they they start plotting this murder. And that's the exact moment when I knew it wasn't going to happen. Because as soon as they started discussing how it was going to get done, I was like, there's no fucking way this is actually going to happen on this show. No. And it was supremely disappointing to me because I think there could have been a really powerful scene of Veronica offing her own father that would have been a better farewell to Hiram than the one that we got. This felt so anticlimactic, just watching him walk away. Also, him walk away into the woods, but then obviously we get one last view of him, which... (laughs) This little bomb box, little bomb timer, which, by the way, he has used multiple times this season. (laughs) Where do I get me one of those little bomb timers? I think what bothers me the most about this scene and we can go into it more if you want. I don't know if you wanted to get into the Barchi situation. We can. I don't think it really fits in anywhere else. So okay. Might as well. They're boning again. Not just boning. No, they're exclusive they're now. In they're in love. Fuck which, that. Uh, to be honest, I kind of dig it. I dig it given that within that same breath, we got to see Jughead and Tabitha, which I do ship. And then Veronica and Reggie, which I shipped seasons ago. So... Yeah. I felt better about liking them together because I'm like, all right, everybody's accounted for. This doesn't seem wrong anymore. I like them as an alternative to Veronica and Archie. Absolutely. But if I had my druthers, I would not have them. Yeah, but beginning together. of the season, that sex scene in the shower, I mean, I think I that want sold them to me. bang. Yes, I that want sold them to me, bang. But I also see them as like that the childhood sweethearts that never got to be and they're finally getting their time to shine. I, I do appreciate that. I like it. I'm sticking to my guns. Anyway. Okay. Sticking to my guns. Real quick, it's weird to me that Archie went from living with Veronica to wanting to be with Betty, like, instantly. <laughs> like, well, I mean, in his offe- in his defense. In his offense. Sorry. Offense, his- all offense intended uh, no, to Archie. In his defense, I feel like Veronica really fucked him with that whole thing. Oh, no, she totally did. And he's just kind of like... I know this is going to make me happy. so I really But it's don't kind care. of hilarious that he's just like, yeah, dead to me. All right. Uh, moving on with Betty, clearly. Good for him, though. In that Good aspect. for him. Yeah. He deserves better than Veronica. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So they decide they're going to be exclusive and all that fun stuff. And they're about to bone. And then all of a sudden, they hear a loud noise, a loud ticking sound. And they're like, is it the clock? Very conspicuous ticking. <laughs> <Is it> the- <laughs> 
Is that the clock? What is that mysterious um, ticking noise? Oh, you don't know Potter Puppet Pals, do you? I do. Do you know mysterious ticking noise? Yes. <laughs> Snape. Snape. Severus Snape. Snape. Okay. Dumbledore. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I do, and I don't even, like, watch or read Harry Potter. Okay. Tragic. Okay. I know. Go ahead. Sorry. One. So Archie then looks under the bed and there's a bomb. A very comical looking bomb too. It's like sticks of dynamite and like, like wires. Should, like Wiley Coyote's <laughs> yes! gonna pop out. <laughs> they picked it up at the Acme store. <laughs> <laughs> but what I loved or didn't love was the fact that he just stared at it. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, bomb! Barely ba- has not told Betty yet that there's a bomb under the bed. And... All of a sudden, you see Hiram in a car off in the distance, looking at the at the timer. <laughs> the timer. And then he drives away, and you look at Riverdale, and you just see smoke. Yeah, like like the place is on. The house fire. is done. Yeah, and we know that Betty and Archie are not dead. Like that's right. just not. Which is why I love the title of the episode, Riverdale. Oh, in parentheses, but the best part it was in parentheses. <laughs> R.I.P. question mark. Okay, so here's my theory on that. So is that referring to the explosion at the end, or is it referring to the town possibly being unincorporated? Because the one of the newspaper the headlines, headlines the, right, yes. said... I think it was a combination that. of the two. Yeah, it was probably multi-purpose. So really list. quickly, back to Hiram's last you know, scene. Yeah. So he drives off, whatever. But now, given the bomb... I mean, his goal in life, regardless of... <laughs> yes, his one goal. His, honestly, his but, only purpose. Honestly, that, that's what they're making it seem. His only goal at this point, he wants Archie dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they know the bomb's going to be from him. Yeah. The aftermath, they're going to know this was a Hiram thing. So now Hiram's gone. Mm-hmm. Are we just going to ignore it? Like, so justice for this is not going to be served because he's technically he's gone. He's probably, so. here's my prediction. They're going to be pursuing him, but he will have left the country to some non-extradition area. All right. And they'll say like, oh, you know, the last we heard, he was like on a plane to Argentina or like whatever. And they'll passively pursue it in that way. But no, I don't think we'll ever get justice for that. And that's why I don't like how that ended. And then to give us all these articles like Morgan Swills is leaving after five, four seasons or whatever. And yeah. It's like, like, what are you fucking doing? He just blew up Archie's house. What is yeah, going on? Yeah, we get no closure for this. And I can't help but be mad that they let him just walk out of town scot-free. And like, then nobody he turns around. Him. Right. He like walks in the woods. Like nobody really followed him, tracked him, made sure he left. Like there was nothing. Yeah. This is not a man who would be like, you know what? You're I'm right. done. I'm, I'm done go. committing crimes. I'm done trying to kill Archie. I'm We're just, thinking that was going to be... I'm done with everything. The end. Like... Yeah, no. He doesn't leave easily. Like, Veronica, this is your daddy. Right. Right. Like, you know you how he know fucking him? works. We all know him. We've watched the show for how many seasons, and this has been his pattern. You're not just going to get rid of Hiram Lodge. So, I mean, we did technically get rid of him, but he... He went out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your pity giggle. <laughs> no, that was good. Um, <laughs> okay. But you mentioned the paper. So really yes. quick, I think let's just cover this because I did have a point that I wanted to make with it. Go right ahead. So Principal Weatherby tells Jughead that he wants to bring the blue and gold back. And mm-hmm. he said, like, the best person to do it is you, bro. Obviously. And he's like, yeah, man. So he does. He does it. But then he's actually really, like, into it. He's oh, like, of course. We're going to do this right, and mm-hmm. we're going to 
No fake news. No fake news. Unbiased journalism. I love it. So he goes, um, yeah, truthfully without bias, and it's going to be called the Riverdale Choice. Sure. Because blue and gold really implied bias, but okay. (laughs) But also it was primarily just the high school paper. Yeah. Like it wasn't like the town paper. So he's trying to, I guess. Even the playing. Yeah. And it, okay. So my comment here is, I feel like that whole scene was an ode to us, like the fans, the viewers for a bit, because... I feel like now this is prior to seeing the previews for the next season. Like my notes are prior to seeing those scenes. So I'm not a genius, but sure. I felt like his little speech about the paper being unbiased and, you know, we're going to be truthful and we're going to get our facts straight and we're going to do all this. Is that a little like clue to the fans or a little owed to us where it's like we're gonna change the playing field going forward and don't judge us we're gonna we're gonna fuck shit up like we're gonna like this is how we have to do things going forward but it's non-biased and don't be mad i mean that's an interesting read on the situation i didn't take it that way at all the Um, way he i just felt his speech about it i was like okay i felt like it was a little like listen guys we're gonna do it this way and this is you know like and we want you to be on board and it's not going to be one direct like we're gonna it just felt very like i don't know also i had my little speech in my head way better than it came out (laughs) no i mean that's fine it's it's just interesting to hear it because i i personally was confused by these scenes because i didn't understand why we should care i understood it to the point where we wanted to keep Jughead in Riverdale and give him something productive to do. But in terms of the Lodge Ledger, like, first of all, this is the first time we're hearing of it in general. Right. And second of all, you know, him and Tabitha go and they torch it. So there's that. And then Hiram leaves town. So is anybody going to run it in his absence anyway? So, like, why does it even matter that this other newspaper right. exists? And and I, I thought it was more of a topical current events kind of statement that the show was making about how important it is to have unbiased news sources. That and I also, that's what I forgot to say. We'll say it now, Don. That they're going to change, I, I mentioned change the game, but they're going to rebrand in a way. Okay. So when I wrote rebrand and then the show rebranded, the show did it and I didn't know it was going to happen. But but that's where I was going with how Jughead was kind of selling the new paper. Like we're I can rebrand see. and like kind of have a new look outlook on how we go about presenting this town and how we go about reporting about this town. I did um I did feel that he was sort of hitting a reset on his personal story mm. of like him being this struggling author and everything. You know, I feel like we're not going to get so much of that going forward and now that he's really invested. This almost feels like a return to earlier Jughead days where him and Betty were working on the paper, oh, you know, yeah, and true. all that. So, I don't know. I, it remains to be seen, but I was personally a little bit like I don't understand why we're doing this for Jughead, but I don't I don't love that he and Tabitha committed arson together. You don't appreciate that part of the love story? No, I felt like that was a little destructive. <laughs> and um eye for an eye. I think I understand where that anger came from, but it almost seems like Jug has a bad influence on Tabitha for even suggesting that when she was in a place where she was vulnerable and might go along with it. I don't love that relationship anymore. I liked it a lot more at the beginning of this season. 
but now there's been a lot between them. They're a Bonnie and Clyde duo, in a way. Yeah, I didn't want to make that direct because it wasn't murder. <laughs> they, they didn't really hurt anybody. No, but they could have. Yeah, they could have. And sure. it was a major crime, so... Yeah, and they were, like, turned on by it. Mm -hmm. I think maybe that was the part that I was, like, uncomfortable And it turned me on a little, too. Sorry. Okay, well, I don't get turned on by arson. (laughs) Not arson. That's not one of my kinks. (laughs) (laughs) Just two hot people doing illegal shit. (laughs) Yes, and I actually think that it's very soon for them to be moving in together, which they discussed doing in the fall. And given that Jughead is so early into his recovery and has not yet proven that he can hold a stable job, I feel like that's a really stupid move on Tabitha's part. Like, she should probably give him some more time to sort his shit out. Oh, yeah. I also think it's weird that Tabitha didn't have insurance for Pops. I feel like if you need one thing in Riverdale, it's insurance. <laughs> and it's <laughs> to not have any is kind of insane. All of them. I mean, there's been fires aplenty in this show. Like, and, every- yes. everybody needs insurance. And I'm kind of mad that now she had to ask Pop Tate out of retirement. He looked up in so his good. Hawaiian shirt. Can I tell you, he looked amazing. I was so happy for him. And then he's like, oh, well, I'll loan you all of my nest eggs. All my money as long as you let me work here. Yeah, are you fucking kidding? Fucking this poor man. It. Yeah. And this is when I said to you, man, Riverdale is Hotel California, you know? Yeah. <laughs> can't leave nobody can leave nobody can leave with any sense of permanence which is why we haven't really fully said goodbye to Hiram at this point right (laughs) but we did to FP that's true but we do have two remaining adults in Riverdale that is Alice and Uncle Frank they're totally gonna bone they're about to get it on in a real his flirting is phenomenal it's non-existent. <laughs> Alice was the aggressor in that situation. She was the aggressor, but he's like, what are you up to later? Or whatever. What was that? He was like, <laughs> he was like do you get out of the house? Often? Oh, yeah. Do you get out of the house? Often? Yeah. So he was trying to no, initiate. I think, he, I think he was just making conversation. Like, do you go out and do things? Like, how's your life going? And then she was like, you know, if you want to ask me on a date, just ask me on a date, basically. And he was like, okay. He's, um, he's a little socially awkward. I like it, but. I don't hate it. It's just like, of course. I do have a the, crush on him. The only bit. two. You would. That is your type, isn't it? <laughs> but they sorry, are the only two adults left in Riverdale. So I guess they have Parents, to be together. They're all adults now. I don't think of them that way. I don't either. They still behave like children. Absolutely. So. <laughs> but I mean, I'm if we had to that. be legit here, the last two parents. Except for Sheriff Keller. All right. So three. But I, he's so minor. Like, we really haven't he seen is, him. We, we, Alice and Uncle Frank had a lot of um, lines this season or had a lot of involvement. So maybe we should talk about Betty now. Yeah. With uh, and TBK because we did kind of talk about Betty before. But now let's talk about Betty and TBK. I feel as though that was too quick and it was touch and go. Like, we had a season, like, it started where there's this trauma that she's had because of the serial killer. And then we find out that it's not how Polly dies. It's a completely different thing. And now this guy literally calls her for two fucking seconds. I think and it was- And then it's gone again. Like, it just, it's 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 a fever dream right now. Yeah. Well, I think it was to remind us that he it's still, still a thing. That it's still a thing. Can I tell you, it was a little gross because he calls, right? And he's shirtless. Bloody Sexy. and shirtless. Sexy stab wounds. Sexy. 
<laughs> very sexy. But he does have a trash bag on his face, and it looks very suffocating. Love it. And I love the idea that he just sits around in this trash bag mask all the time. He he has no shirt on though, but he'll keep the trash yes, bag on his face. Never comes off in his own home. Do we or think he has some is. kind of like skin deformity or like maybe some like identity? I mean, obviously it was to hide his identity from us, but they could have filmed him from behind or just neglected to film his face or never showed the face. Right? Yeah, but maybe he has some sort of identifying feature, or we know him. We've met him before. That's what I'm thinking. And they're trying to conceal his identity from us. I like how you say identity. Identity. I'm enunciating. You are. The tit part. Anyway, so what do we think the wounds are? Are they wounds? I just thought he had blood splatter all over his body. Interesting. Like he well, just killed somebody. He sounded in distress. He was breathing like he just killed very somebody. heavily. I don't know. I got the impression that he was wounded. Hmm. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't because I feel like they literally went really quick past that whole thing. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's my tinfoil. If he was wounded, could he have been wounded from the attack on the Starkweather camp? If he is a Starkweather and related to the Starkweathers, because that's still my so. tinfoil. That's still my tinfoil theories. That no, he's I'm thinking that. that's done. Okay. To bring that back now is just stupid. Don't do not rule that out because Riverdale. No, will I know, do this. I know. And in like three seasons, if the show is still running, please no. They will be like, remember that one time those blossom bastards were killing people? Well, here's another one that we didn't know existed <sighs> that moved to another state and now is back <laughs> killing people. So like, don't even, don't even. No, I know, but I rule it out. <laughs> I don't like how they quickly breezed over it though. Yeah, I wanted more on that because that's the thing that's been most interesting. Like, to they, me this like season. you said, they quickly reminded us that it was there, and then goodbye. Because even in the previews for next season, which is only a month away, there really was no reference to any of that. Not that there needed to be major reference, but just something in regards to I don't know a random attack that could it be the TBK? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But and then even after the call, she wasn't like she was concerned, but not really. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, what's she gonna do? She couldn't trace it, but she but she had a she had a date with Archie, and she was gonna get. B- yeah, well, honestly, b- b- that probably bones. does take priority. But he does. So TBK, the only thing of note that he really says to her is, "I'm not gonna come after you, so like leave me alone, basically." Which was weird. It was weird because she hasn't really gone after him. No, in a while. right? She's not been on his tail. So That's to what speak. I'm saying. Like, <laughs> is it the show thinking we're dumb and they're like, I, "I'm still here." Hello. Well, yes, they do. Don't follow me. They do. <laughs> yeah. Don't come after me because uh, I don't want to be found. Yeah, you definitely. But I'm still here. Have been on my tail this whole time. I'm so, still here. Yeah, though. I'm very, so I'm very scared want- and threatened by you personally. <laughs> I just want you to know I am still here, but don't, don't. Look for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come after me. And she's Please. like, I can't promise that. And then he's like, Betty. <sighs> Betty. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you aren't the most seductive person. Honestly, on like, phone, it was kind of sexual sounding. And that, well, that's what made me think he was wounded. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it sounded like he was, like, bleeding out in that chair. So, I mean, I don't know. I didn't know that. Bleeding out has a sound. <laughs> well, I I mean, like, it sounded like he... Or a verbal... ...was out of it mm. or, you know, lightheaded maybe, out of breath. But I, you're right. He could have been attacking somebody recently. Yeah, and that's why he was out of breath. someone. I mean, that's totally possible, too. It's just interesting that we both took a totally different read on that and we, we watched the same show. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it was blurry and it was kind of hard to see. So I didn't think that... 
he would have such neat blood stains on him unless they were his blood stains. Okay. But I guess maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. We don't know. <laughs> Let's not jump to any conclusions. True. I feel like I left the thing for last that I really didn't want to talk about. Same. Because I wrote in all caps, in bold, I hate this whole thing. Yeah. And we're talking about Cheryl, obviously. I hate it because we're regressing. Not that she was progressing, but we're really regressing. There were moments where it seemed like she was. Mm -hmm. And then she would immediately backslide. So it's been sort of a whiplash situation with Cheryl this season where back and forth, back and forth, she's a miserable old wench. And then other moments, she seems like she's really on the road to redemption. And this is frustrating. Yeah, I don't. Why does everything have to be weirdly supernatural with her? I don't see. This is my thing. Like, I don't I don't like supernatural shit. I would watch supernatural shows if I wanted supernatural shit. Mm-hmm. I like human events and human explanations. That's what I want. So when you start bringing this nonsense in here, this is annoying to me because this is not what the show has ever been. It's not what it's ever tried to do. There's been like the weird spooky thing every once in a while, but there's usually an explanation for it. Whether or not we're satisfied with that explanation is, you know, case by case basis. But, you know, even the Mothmen, we dabbled with aliens for a little while. And then we found out that there were no aliens. So like, yeah, this is what we're used to. And so to present us with the idea, the concept of magic without any other real explanation for how she's doing this shit. (sighs) Well, I did get a blurb. Ooh, a blurb. That can easily summarize all this bullshit. Easily? Oh, well, then I wish well, I just easy- read the blurb instead of watching this show. Well, I mean, well, really quickly, while digging in the mine, Cheryl and Britta find, you know, skeletons. Yeah, bones, dead people. And Nana Rose <laughs> refers to them as the forgotten. Yeah, I knew we were in for it when she said that. <laughs> uh, she tells in the story of Abigail Blossom. The year was 1890. Thornhill was a girl school at the time, which I made a really good joke about this because all the girls were painting and I'm like, oh, this was paint night back in the day. <laughs> yes, ancient paint nights. Ancient, right. <laughs> and Riverdale was a hateful and backwards town. I mean, is it kind of Yeah, is. <laughs> has it changed? <laughs> the townspeople were suspicious of Abigail who had no husband and no intention of taking one. We would be screwed. Yeah. They also harassed Abigail and the girls in her care for months as they knew of the palladium to be found in the mines under the maple groves. Which, let's just circle back because it's all about the palladium people. I think it's highly unlikely that they knew there was palladium under there in the 1800s, but whatever. Then for this to happen, when she refused to sell, they decided to seal it instead. Armed with pitchforks and torches, they came as a mob in the black of the night to Thornhill and dragged Abigail from her home. They accused her of being a witch and burned her at the stake in the grove surrounding Thornhill. Because she denied them access to the palladium, she's a witch. Yeah, well, I think people did use that as an excuse to kill women that they didn't want around or wanted to possess their property or wealth or something. I think it was so easy to get people killed for that kind of stuff. (laughs) Super dumb. The primary conspirators in her death were the ancestors of Archie, Jughead, and Betty. Mm, Archibald Andrews. Jedediah Jones with his amazing mustache. Yeah, finally. And Beatrice Cooper. With her dying words, Abigail cursed them and the others, damning them in tragedy as well. 
After her death, the townspeople claimed the mines and began to dig for palladium. But there was a collapse, killing and entombing an entire generation of Riverdale's fathers and sons. Some say the collapse was caused by Abigail's curse. All of this and more is written in Abigail's journal. And then that's when I wrote, I hate all of this. Yeah. Because why? Yeah. I mean, I, that's the premise of everything we're talking about right now. Like, it's just that. Right. Well, so that's the foundation. And then Cheryl hears this and gets fired up. As if Archie, Betty, and Jughead are doing something about it right now. Right. As if they had burned her at the stake mm-hmm. or her mother or anybody else. It, it's like... It's just crazy how it quickly goes to her head. Right. Yeah. Like, like it's a personal attack. I try to think about it in, you know, my own my own life you know if like somebody i knew if their great 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 grandfather did something bad to my great 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 grandmother is that a sad thing sure but should i hold it against this person who is my friend right uh, it uh, i can read you the actual um the curse okay i mean should we i don't know should we take any precautions i don't want to risk like cursing anybody in my neighborhood or i think we'll be all right i'm gonna blow out my candle (laughs) archibald andrews jedediah jones and beatrice cooper repudiate you (laughs) repudiate okay thanks sorry i'm not as smart as you (laughs) no no go ahead (laughs) you with my dying breath and in satan's name i curse you burn me but you will never escape my wrath nor satan's the unchained elements of the power of darkness are lying in ambush Beware, my revenge will strike you and your accursed houses, and I will bathe in the blood of your sons and daughters. Immortal, I shall return again and again to torment and destroy you. And that moment, winds kicked up everywhere in Riverdale. And that's right when, like, Betty and Archie explode. Yeah. So here's my thing. So Cheryl goes to Archie Jughead and Betty and demands that they apologize for what they're <laughs> Ancestors. They don't even know what the fuck yeah, is going on. they don't on. even know what they're apologizing for. How hard would it have been for them to do it, though, is my question. Like, if that would have made Cheryl feel better. And also... Right, like, you already know how she is. Like, just Right, like, say, don't poke that bear. Just say you're sorry. That would be totally acceptable. And the other thing was that, you know, while this is going on, Archie's trying to reincorporate the town of Riverdale in a hurry. And so he's proposing that a joint commission basically run the town instead of a single mayor. Why didn't they discuss appointing Cheryl as one of those representatives? She's not the most, you know, like stable person, but she's not the only person who would have a vote on the council. And it would have appeased her to the point where, you know, you might feel a little bit better about her situation. And right. I also think, too. I did love how quickly she assumed it would be the four of them. Yes, because then, I think that's what we all were thinking. Yeah, and then when he was like, no, it's gonna, and then she was like, oh, all right. Like, as long as it wasn't them, she was fine. And then I also think amongst any and all conversations had that day, you know, Reggie and Veronica go up to them afterwards and they're like, mm-hmm. we want to do a casino. And they're yeah. like, well, we have way more shit we to take care of. We have more important things So think I think about. that was also the view towards Cheryl's nut job accusations. You know what I mean? Like, can we have a sit down at one point? Like, right, this isn't the place for it. Like, I think that's how they were kind of playing it at that yeah. point. I also don't really know what the rush was because at the beginning Archie said you know when they discover that Hiram has 
Sodale Incorporated and he's planning on annexing Riverdale. And Archie's like, we need to be incorporated again. Otherwise, we're totally helpless and whatever. But Hiram's gone. And also, like, they do have proof he committed murder. So they could always, you know, bring that up if he tries to, you know, annex Riverdale. You know, like, yeah, there, there didn't seem to be the level of urgency that that they were implying. Right. And I think that they really should have included Cheryl in their discussions because, again, like, sure, she's a little weird and impulsive. And do I want to have her as an elected official? No. But she, her family has been in Riverdale for generations. And if that's how they're going to appoint people, I mean, it, like, they're trying to... No, I, I know. But I also feel, too, like her involvement with them is so minimal. Like, she wants nothing to do with them ten times. Like, half the time, she wants nothing to do with them, so of course they're not going to consider her for anything because they're like, she hates us, so why would she even consider being around us or do anything that we considered her for? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. Yes and no, but I just, I feel like Cheryl is so hard to get a read on this season because she's been all over the place. So yeah, there have been moments where she's been really unfriendly towards people, but there were also moments where she was reaching out and seemed to want to be more involved. And I don't know, I just, I think it's not like they could have known that she was going to put a curse on them. Right. But if she was so upset about this thing, they were pretty dismissive of her. You know, they could have at least sat down with her and said, okay, here we we can apologize publicly on behalf of our ancestors. Like that really doesn't seem like that big of a thing to do. And then like, is there anything else that we can do to make you feel like you're a part of this town? Because, you know, if we want to think about it from a business standpoint, they want her palladium mines to be part of Riverdale. Like that's, yeah, that's their wealth. Like that is, that is town wealth in addition to her personal wealth. So she's like, I'm seceding from Riverdale, which by the way, you cannot do, (laughs) especially if, you're going to continue to pay taxes and use town utilities like plumbing, you know, water and electricity. Like, yeah, you um, you need to belong to Riverdale. But whatever. This all makes a lot of sense considering where season six is going and a character that we're adding through that. I can give you a backstory on that. I would. I, I don't want to hear it, but I guess give it to me. Go ahead. Okay. Obviously, it will premiere on the 16th with Eventized. Did I say that correctly? I don't know. I didn't even know that's a word. It's in parentheses. It's in quotes, so maybe not. Okay. Five-week run that, according to the showrunner, Roberto Sacasa, is firmly in the horror gene. Horror gene? Mm Mm-hmm. And acts as its own arc, titled River Vale, which Mm. we did get a... They literally put the sign up. Yeah, there's a V. There's a V where there used to be a D. (laughs) In reference to Welcome a Night Vale, a twice-monthly podcast for the fictional town of Night Vale. What? Yeah, so that's what its reference is. What? It's also really windy right now, and I wonder if Abigail... Oh, God, yeah, now that we just shat all over the blossoms and their magic. But we are getting Sabrina Spellman. Yeah. We ran out of Katie Keene characters. So now we got to revive another dead Archie You know what? That, l- that one lasted a little longer, though, than Katie Keene did. did I mean, it lasted two seasons, right? Three? Three? I thought it was two. Actually, it might be four. I'm not even going to no. lie. I think I watched two and stopped. I'm like Googling it right now because I don't think that's But, strange. I mean, that being said, 
we're primarily going into witch territory. Two seasons, suck it. <gasps> I literally thought there was a third. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, no. I watched the first season. Did you watch any of it? I did watch the first season. Okay, yeah, I watched the first season. Um, And I will say that I watched the Melissa Joan Hart Sabrina, the teenage witch, so when I. I was growing up. Fabulous show. Totally different tonally. Stands up. Oh, really, yeah. Stands up really well. Like, if you go back and rewatch Melissa Joan Hart Sabrina, it's amazing. She's hilarious. But I knew that... The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina were going to be different. They really marketed that difference to people, I think, probably to make sure that they knew that they weren't going to be watching another sitcom. Right. However, I did find The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina to be a little bit too dark and it was very it was unpleasant very dark. for my taste. Way more satanic vibes. Yes. Um, yeah. It was not really but- in it. I guess we'll see. I mean, I, I'm I am intrigued by bringing Sabrina in. I'm not. Okay. Only because magic exists in Sabrina's universe, right? And so it, it's implied now that we're bringing that magic into Riverdale. And as I previously stated, I'm not about that life. I don't need the yeah. Supernatural. No, I'm not about that either. I don't need the supernatural interfering in Riverdale. So her coming in only just it just makes me feel like. We're leaning into this whole supernatural aspect, and I don't like that. I don't like that as a direction. I'm disappointed. I guess we'll see. Well, we it have can't to. be right. We have to, but I'm <laughs> saying like it can't be the entire premise. You know what I'm saying? No, but it's it's obviously going to be a component. So I don't think Sabrina is going to be a, like a regular cast member from this point on. But it sounds like recurring enough that it's going to play a part. So. Quickly, though, Cheryl said something like, okay, like, I'm done with the ministry. Now I'm focusing on this. So are we done with the ministry? I think we're done with the ministry. What was Penelope up to this whole time? Like, I was going to say that. Th- like, that's a loose end that wasn't tied. And I feel like possibly intentionally because we might get a little bit more on that in season six. Unless that has something to do with this, like the yeah. mines and the right. dead bodies. Did she want – see, I feel like Penelope – her motive could be related to the palladium, but it's hers. So, you know, like it's her property, right. I, I guess. I don't know if she still owns it technically, but it's really the only reason I can see for trying to orchestrate all of this. Like, did she want her to find the bodies? Did this all get set up so that Cheryl would get really pissed at people and like further alienate her from her friends and people who care about her the way that she did with Kevin. That's possible too. But why? <laughs> because it's Riverdale and we don't know or Rivervale, I should say. Ooh. Okay, well, I worked on a project this week. I'm excited. It you involved it up. <laughs> it involved like a selective rewatch which actually sucked up a lot more of my time than I think this show deserves. But one of the running themes of this season is constant references to how it's been seven years since anything has happened in Riverdale. Okay. So I went back and I diligently pulled sound bites from all the references I could find to seven years and I combined them into a little compilation. Would you like to hear it? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) This is nuts. I haven't seen you guys in what, six years? Actually, it's been seven. Yeah, Veronica's a married woman, and Jughead and I haven't dated for seven years, so. So I went through all the archives in the sheriff's office, Dr. Curdle, and there was only one missing person file in the last seven years. 
But that doesn't give you a right to be a holy terror in this town for no reason. As if you have any idea what it's been like for me holed up in Thornhill for the last seven years. What happened? Seven years happened? You're those psychos from Thanksgiving seven years ago. A lot can happen in seven years. Seven years later, still the same passcode. You know, I see you, Betty. I see what I should have seen seven years ago. I begged you to stay and you left. For seven years you were gone. Those seven years we lost after graduation, I don't want to lose anymore. Oh, come on, just for a drink or two. It's been, what, seven years? Yeah, something like that. There it is. There it is for you. Wow. They really did reference that a lot. They did, and I probably missed some too because I just, I couldn't bring myself to watch every single episode again. I don't blame you. I kind the fact of that you did skipped, that, you deserve a medal. I kind of skipped around a lot because I was like, I don't think there's anything in here, but there may have been. But yeah, they referred to that seven-year time jump a lot. And every time I heard it, I was like, oh, wait. Seven years? Has it been seven years? Let's and the just one, say it one more time. The one from Jughead with the recording yeah. was technically not the right, seven yeah. years at that point. As you pointed out at the time, it was a time inconsistency. Yep. So, yeah. Before we sign off, I want to go through a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. I said maybe we should talk about superlatives for the season. Yes. So I've, I've just compiled like a couple of categories, actually more than a couple. So let's talk about uh, best character arc for the season. My nominees for this might surprise you, <laughs> I think, <laughs> because actually it was hard to think of nominees, but the three best character arcs I thought were either Archie, Jughead, or Reggie. Ooh. I'm taking additions or deletions, but personally- No, you could keep those- I'll give you my vote. Okay. Reggie. Yeah, I think Reggie probably has to take it. I think Jughead would be a close second, though, because he did have to go through all the processing of that trauma. I still am annoyed by his story in general, so maybe that's preventing me from seeing it in clearer light. But I do think Reggie probably went through the most character growth in this season. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about worst character arc. I have, and and again, if you would like to add anyone to this list, feel free. But my top three were Cheryl, Kevin, and Betty. Cheryl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think Cheryl has to win. Cheryl has to win. I I had high hopes for her, but no. You know what kills me to put Betty on this list? Like, I love Betty. But I don't think she grew at all no i don't think she grew she went deeper and deeper into her spiral of like serial killer obsession and she admitted that she had a problem with it and she still couldn't let it go so um you know maybe towards the end of the season she's kind of seeing things in a little less of a depressing light but we we won't know that until season six if she's recovered right so next category most ridiculous plot line oh honestly these were hard to come up with uh-huh. it was a very long list that i had to prune down because you know you could go on you could go on for hours um so here were here were the ones that i thought were the most ridiculous so the stark weather is being related to the blossoms and betty and you know aside with that cousin timothy's corpse in a barrel of maple syrup that whole thing. Number two, Charles and Chick showing up at the Cooper house to get married after breaking out of jail. I will never get over that, I don't think. <laughs> Number three, Jughead's Rat King trauma. Number four, the Blossom Ministries. And number five, River Dollars. Oh, God. Yeah. So uh, what what you think? They all suck. They all suck. I honestly, I think my vote has to go to Charles and Chick showing up at the Cooper house because I, I can't tell you how shocked I was. 
to see that happen. I it was so out of the blue. Yeah, that was a good one. But the Rat King trauma was also just unexpected. So strange. And you know, I told you this at work the other day. Like, I'm still reeling about the rabies. Like, I can't get over it. <laughs> I don't think I ever the will. Rabies. Oh, my God. Um, 99.9% mortality rate, but whatever. I'd say I'm at a tie. Okay. But not really because they're two <laughs> weird extreme. Like, I agree with you with Chicken Charles. And Charles. <laughs> But also, River Dollars made me roll my eyes so much <laughs> that it was kind of like, that was pretty awful. Yeah, it was. And then we never discussed it again. No. So that's just one of those things. They were taken out of circulation. <laughs> it was, and it was it. a drive-by <laughs> uh, plot line. So, all right, that's your vote. You're going yes. for River Dollars there. Okay. So now I have most interesting plot line. And this was actually very difficult to come up with. <laughs> I can imagine. I came up with three. Polly's disappearance and death. Uh, number two, Hiram's villain origin story. And number three, Britta's coming out story. Ooh, Hiram's origin story. Yeah, I think that one and Polly's disappearance and death are pretty close to me. Like, if you exclude all of the craziness, mm. like, the resolution of that, Polly's disappearance, Betty looking for her, and how she was eventually discovered, like, I think all of that was actually pretty compelling for me. That was the parts of the episode that I was most intrigued by right but we i mean we did get that one episode of hiram's origin story which was pretty interesting too so yeah i did i did enjoy that i thought that was actually pretty decent of a yeah i think the only reason we can't really edge britta in here is because it came so late in the season it did we didn't really get to invest in it it. was a quick yeah it was quick yeah so um most satisfying reveal of the season okay so number one old man dreyfus is involved in the starkweather murders Number two, Hiram was never planning to build Sodale and was just using his investors' money to mine the Palladium. Or number three, Dr. Curdle Jr. is a huge Josie and the Pussycats fan. <laughs> I'm at a tie. <laughs> With? Sodale not really going to mm-hmm. happen. And Dr. Curdle Jr. <laughs> that was probably one of my That was amazing favorite. to watch him fangirl out. Yes, and to wear something other than scrubs and be oh, seen that was great. in more that flattering was so lighting. Good. Loved it. But I have to say, when we when we found out that Old Man Dreyfus was involved, that shocked me. And I'm almost embarrassed that it shocked me because he is somebody who's been on our radar very early. And so for him to be involved and for me not to even really suspect him, I was like, oh, damn, okay, you you pulled the wool over my eyes, Riverdale. Like, I did not see that one coming. Mm. So I found that to be satisfying. Okay, least satisfying reveal. Number one, Hiram was behind torching Pops. Like, I mean, obviously. <laughs> like, right. we're bored by now. We know that you did this. Yes. Number two, Glenn was writing a dissertation about the serial killer gene in the Cooper family. Number three, Jughead's voicemail. Mm. Number four, the Mothman were just a smokescreen. And number five, General Taylor was trying to cover up a dirty mission. Hiram. <laughs> I think I'm going to, oh, I'm torn between Glenn and Jughead because I was really disappointed by Jughead's voicemail. I thought we were going to get a lot more from it than what we did. And then also Glenn was being such a douche for so long. And to find out that it was, that he was just writing this paper about the Cooper family, I was like, oh, okay, that's all? Like, <laughs> there's True. nothing else, like, dodgy about you? I don't, mm, mm. But yeah, so I think I'm torn between those two. But I agree with you that it's exhausting to, like, have yet another crime perpetrated by Hiram. Like, right. I actually thought when they initially accused him in the episode that it wasn't going to be him because that did seem the most obvious. And also, like, of course, like, of course he did it. So 
I was hoping for something different from that, but no. Okay, so next category, best new ship. Jughead and Tabitha. Jabatha. Tony and Fangs. Tangs or Phony, whichever one you prefer. And Betty and Archie. Barchie. Tony and Fangs. I agree. I'm on that. I'm on that same page. I do ship them. Yeah. I mean, we talked to, I, I, I'm not really 100% on board with Jabatha, and I've never really liked Archie for anybody in this show, so. So, yeah, I think Tony and Fangs seem to work well together. They're kind of on the same page about things. They get along well, and they're committed to each other, so that's always nice to see. It is, yeah. Um, so let's finish with, we have two more best episode of the season. Okay. Here are my picks. One will probably surprise you. The Citizen Lodge, Next to Normal, and The Night Gallery. Ooh. I did like The Night Gallery. I think that's that's going to win for me. Because I did like Hiram's backstory, but I think it was more valuable that we got the histories of Betty, Jughead, and Archie. Yeah, I think that one was... That was very well done. It was val- It like was that. valuable. We got a lot of valuable intel yep, from that I'm episode. I'm with you on that. I really, I did like the next to normal episode for the. It was. Yeah, it fit for what it was. Yep. <laughs> for what it was, and for the it, the excellent character acting by Lily Reinhardt, and mm-hmm. it deserves a mention there. Yep. And then let's just finish with worst episode of the season. Three choices: Lock and Key, <laughs> Destroyer which was the second to last episode or before the break where Archie coached the football team to oh, a, right, to right, a right. touchdown and Reservoir Dogs from this most recent. Mm. I'm going to go Lock and Key. Yeah, I didn't like Lock and Key at all. Yeah, I I didn't like Destroyer because we spent so much time on football and there were like other way more important things. Oh, wait a minute. Yes. The Josie episode. I didn't even mention it, Dawn, because it doesn't count. <laughs> I'm not acknowledging. Okay, all right, I'm not acknowledging all right. it's because honestly, if I had put it in that category, both of us would have been like, oh, yeah, the no, Josie episode. We wouldn't have even had a category. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Okay. So I didn't even include it because I'm not going to acknowledge it as part of this season. Okay. But, Fair enough. Yeah. So from those options, you know, Destroyer did annoy me because of the football. <laughs> but there were, we did learn things about like the Mothman and like there was other stuff going on there that was sort of valuable. Reservoir Dogs just kind of annoyed me because it was very heavily focused on Archie's PTSD mm-hmm. and not really in an organized or right useful way. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Lock and key. That key party was a Awful. complete waste of time. <laughs> So, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for season five of Riverdale. It's been a journey. It's been a long run. It's almost been like nine months. Like we carried this baby, this Riverdale baby to term. (laughs) (laughs) We are, we exploded and we're done. (laughs) Yes, we we went into labor on Wednesday and the baby's out. So now we just have to figure out what to do with it in season six. (laughs) What a great, great <laughs> analogy. So, yeah, um, we'll be back with more Riverdale when Riverdale airs. That is, again, Tuesday, November 16th. So our Riverdale app will be the following week coming out because, you know, we got to watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got to watch that first. And then in the meantime, we will be putting out our Malignant episode. We will. Not next week, but the week after. Trying to get us as close to Halloween as possible. Feeling really festive and seasonal. I'm still nervous. I think it's going to be fine. (laughs) We're going to watch with all the lights on. (laughs) And um, I'll probably be hiding behind my hands the whole time. So 
I think you'll be okay. It should be good. You don't know. You don't know, Don. I, I don't know, I had a very but scary I also nightmare last don't night. think it's going to be <laughs> the worst. Okay. Well, if you say so. Do you have any final thoughts? I don't. I don't. <laughs> no final thoughts. You have nothing to say. We've been through this shit storm together and you have nothing to say. <sighs> no. Well, then just take us out. Until then, that's endgame.